0: All right, so we are starting our second class on the laws of Shabbos in the kitchen. This class is a continuation from last week's class. Um, Just quickly reviewing the three general areas of cooking that we touched upon is that we, we just started, that, that, that we clarified what cooking means, how the definition of cooking of solids and of liquids are different. We spoke about Kleishain, Kleishaini, Kleishlishi, Irui Kleishaini, Irui Kleishaini. We spoke about at least the general principles how Kleishain always cooks, how Kleishaini doesn't cook liquids, but it cooks many other foods. Kleishlishi does not cook. I know there are exceptions to everything that we mentioned, but these are the general rules. And then we also spoke last week about the rule known as Ein Bishol Achal Bishol. And we emphasized that there is cooking after baking and there is baking after cooking because every different type of procedure changes food in a different way. And even though, let's say, challah was properly baked, everyone holds that it could be cooked so we spoke, for example, about not being allowed to put challah in a hot bowl of soup, if your bowl of soup is a klesheni, because a klesheni can cook challah, and even though the, the challah was pre-baked, it doesn't mean it can be pre-cooked. But when it comes to something that was fully cooked, and now you want to recook it, so we, meaning Al terebe we rule the following, that if something is considered a, a dry item, then it ain't bishol bishol. If something is considered a moist item, and we defined moist, not only wet, moist. Moist is, is that it's wet enough that it's which means that if you touch something with your hand, your hand will become wet enough that if you touch something else, you'll make that something else wet. That's already called lach. that that we are machmer, that if something that was lach fully, what got fully cooked, water, and now it's cold, we are not allowed to re-cook it on Shabbos. So we spoke about, just to repeat that, something that most people are not aware of, that when we put a cup under the urn, under the spigot, and we basically poured it to a third cup or drank up the cup of hot water, but there's some moisture in the bottom of the cup. If you were to put it under the spigot on Shabbos and to open it, even though the water that's in the bottom of the cup, of the cup was fully cooked, but liquids that became cold do get recooked. And if I'm gonna pour water from a claydition onto it, I'm going to be recooking it. Liquids don't cook in a clay liquids do cook in a claydition. All that we spoke about last week, and also just to reiterate the coffee, the coffee saga, that even though the instant coffee beans and the sugar were cooked, and you would argue it's not moist, it's not moist, and ain bishalachar bishal, what's the issue with cooking instant coffee or sugar? The reason why we do undertake the chumrah in the Chabad world and in most other religious communities, of not putting instant coffee nor sugar in a klesheni, because since the purpose of instant coffee, the purpose of the white poison sugar, is to have it dissolve in liquid, even before dissolved in liquid, since it's made to be dissolved, it has a din of lach. Now, it's not mamish liquid, because if it would be taka liquid, liquid does not cook in a klesheni. We don't put instant coffee nor sugar in a clay because on one hand it's not liquid so it does get recooked. I ain't dishel achar dishel by Dover Yavish. No, for that it's a lach. That is the unique khumra that we undertake. And therefore the way we make coffee is you take water from an urn. So if you have something that's either on the blech, a kettle, or if you have something plugged in, they are both considered clay shenie. You pour it into a cup. This is a clay shenie. I can add water here, water doesn't cook in a clay shaney, but I'm not allowed to add instant coffee nor sugar. It's lach that could get recooked because it's cold, but it's, but it's not liquid. I'm gonna pour from my second cup into a third cup, and in there I can put coffee and sugar. And actually, according to most, including myself, you can already have the coffee and the sugar in the bottom of the third cup before you pour the water, because irui pouring from a clay shami will not cook. Now let's move on to tea. I just want to put many halachos. We spoke last time about noodles, which is something very practical, or putting croutons into soup, etc. with the whole thing with the ladle. That was the last recording. If people didn't hear it, they should, they should, it's good to review it. Now, tea. Tea is more problematic than coffee and sugar. Many teas were not pre-cooked. It's leaves. It's mama's gonna cook in a clay shami. So first of all, when it comes to making tea, everyone, even people that use tea bags on Shabbos, will only put a tea bag in a clay shlishi. So again, you have the urn or a kettle, they're both clay rishen. You pour it into another cup, that's clay shaming. Before you pour it in, you make sure that it's fully dry. It's very important. If not, you're cooking the liquid in the bottom of the cup, you're pouring that into a clay shlishi and you're putting a tea bag. So first of all, clay shlishi will not cook halachically. Now there are two other issues when it comes to a bag, tea bag. One is the issue of straining, which is that if I'm going to be going up and down with the tea bag in and out of the water, some halachic authorities consider this straining, which is prohibited. And, the, and many people say it's not. The biggest problem with a tea bag is after the tea is made, like this tea right in front of me. What 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 do most people do? Squeezing. They don't forget about squeezing. They take the tea Sorry. bag out. Taking a tea bag out is what. Sorry. Beiter, a bona fide classical boider. Boider means I'm not allowed to separate bad from good. I can always separate good from bad. If you have a plate in front of you and I have an the the item that I don't like, it doesn't mean that I cannot eat the good that I like. I can take the good from the bad and say, if I don't have a chicken skin, not because, because I don't have it. I think it's too fatty or whatever it is. For me, it's called the bad. I cannot take the skin off the chicken. Not allowed to do that. That's a biblical violation of separating bad from good. If I have a drawer filled with socks and I don't like the ones that are that color, I only want the ones that are the other color. If I take away that which I don't like from that which I like, that's the biblical violation of separating. So I can take the good from the bad. I can never take the bad from the good. When I'm taking the tea bag out, it's not that the tea bag is bad. So if I'm going to be making another cup of tea, then it's good from good. But in most cases in America, you throw it out. You got a real you got a real problem. So either leave the tea bag in minimally, or like our parents, probably most of our parents did. If you were really you know people that know Halil Shabbos is that they make tea essence before Shabbos. Now you know why they made it. So the Not, just explain what that means. Now. That means that they take two or three tea bags and they put, a they, very, they put hot water <laughs> and they have a very concentrated tea. Now you have liquid. Mm-hmm. When you made it, it was cooked. Let's go through the rules. You have to remember all these details. Once something was cooked by lach, by liquid, if it becomes cold, it does get recooked. But it doesn't get recooked in a klesheni. So if you have tea essence, then you don't even have to have a klesh You can put it, the tea essence in a cup and put the cup under the spigot because then when you pour from the klesheni into the klesheni, since it's directly coming from the klesheni, it cooks k'day klipa, like we spoke last week, it cooks a little. I, the water was pre-cooked, doesn't matter, it's cold. But if you fill up just a clay shiny hot water, and then you add tea essence, then you're good to go if you don't add sugar. If you add sugar, we're machmer not to add sugar in a clay shenny. Okay. You wanted to ask a question. I think you answered it, but just for clarity. So- I make a cup of tea I Yep. the tea bag out To make a second cup of tea No problem No problem But the, eventually That tea bag has to stay In the last cup Like the guy You know, the, you know What's called the potato game That everyone sits down oh, Holding the, the, the hot potato, potato yeah. So yeah what, The last <laughs> Chacham Will have the tea bag But it, it, it By the way If you use a, tab, a tea bag A few times I think you'll need To leave it in there Because at the end It has no krayach But it's but good Just to be aware Spill out, out your tea, tea Into, into a, a new cup
1: which would be chili, whatever.
0: 100%. Really very, clear. Very, very good. Very good. Another solution would be, if you don't want to leave the tea back in there, mm-hmm. is to take the, the good out of the bad. Out of the bad. 100%. Mm-hmm. Don't forget, people who add sugar, just practically, like okay. I add sugar, for good or for yeah. bad, or I, they convinced us that stevia, <coughs> it's, a, it's a different poison. We substitute one poison for the other. Right. But that's also something that may not be put in a clay mm-hmm. So anything <laughs> that I drink, excuse me, is already a <coughs> If you put it in a cleaner V, just be aware, then then you'll have, have a nice tea. I'm right. saying there comes a point where the, <laughs> one of the reasons why you have tea will be, will be gone. Okay. So if you hold the actual tea bag, not by the string, and you don't it go, can you take it out? Nothing to do with how you take it out. No, I don't. I don't see how that will help. Okay. She'll just hold it on the side of the cup. You can see. Ah, ah, ah! I, I, yeah, not yeah, yeah. The water anymore. <laughs> okay. Well, well, again, it's it's what Yafa was saying. Because if I'm gonna if I'm gonna manipulate it like over here, when it's still in the water, and then I'm drinking the water, so I'm taking the good out of the bad. As long as you're doing the good out of the bad, then you're good. Okay. Parents have baby, have babies. You want to give the baby a bottle? Just the same rule. If the water was fully heated before, the water that you're making in the bottle, as, as parents do, you sterilize it and everything is good and it's in the fridge. And now you just want to warm it up. So even though it was pre-cooked, since it's liquid and it's cold, it could get halachically recooked. But on the other hand, a clay shenny doesn't cook. So here you would take a shisel which is more kvart, you know. You put it under the urn, the big urn you have on Shabbos with kids, and you fill it up. That's a clay shaney. Liquid doesn't cook in a clay shaney, and you put it in there and you're good. In the back of the milk. In, in the clay shaney. So you put the bag the I, I'm just saying, I know, I know well, where we put the bottle. Not like you just pour the milk in. no. I'm not talking okay. about making formula. I'm talking about bottles that are fully made, and they're in the fridge, so and you, you want to warm, warm it up. So just water. to know that warming up Liquid in a klisheni is not problematic, not because of the ein bishalacha because yes, bishalacha by lach when it's cold. But the prop, the, the good thing is is that klisheni does not cook liquid. Okay. And it doesn't hold as lotita toviko kara because you have the water and then you're taking out the bottle. That's okay. I'm taking the good out of the bad. I'm taking the good out of the bad. Very good. Once you think about that, it always works that way. Now let's move on to to covering a fire. Very important halachas. There's a huge difference between something that was fully cooked versus something that was not fully cooked when it comes to having food on the fire. As we spoke out last week, that the isr, midoy raisa, of cooking is either bringing something from raw solid up until ben dirusoyi, which is either a third or a half cooked. Liquid from cold to Yahtzee lettuce boy, from cold to 110 Fahrenheit. But then we added something very important that one should never say that if this food was already a third or a half cooked, so it's cooked already. So cooking it further is not a biblical violation. That's a big mistake. Cooking is either bringing something raw to a half or a third and or continuing the process of cooking. Hastening the cooking is, is a isa if something wasn't yet fully cooked. So for example, if there is a pot of food on the fire on Shabbos, I'm gonna speak about a black in a moment. If that is not fully cooked, as is the case by Chalent, because how long do you think it takes tshalom to fully cook? What would you say? Few hours. Few hour, hours. In other words, even if after 45 minutes it's edible enough, but it's not the way Cholent, Cholent is. Many people can say that Cholent fully cooked is six hours. Could be fully cooked. In other words, there's something called cooked and something called fully cooked. I'm not the expert. You have cooks over here that can tell you better. But the concept is just to be aware that if something was not fully cooked, if it's on the fire, you may never uncover it. You may never cover it. You may never steer it. All of these things modify the cooking process, and being that it's not fully cooked, you may not do so mido Oh well, Wait, you're not doing what? I'm talking about something is on the fire. Now, if something is fully cooked and it's on the fire or on the blech on the fire, by rabbinic law, there also we never uncover it, we never cover it, we never stir it when it's directly on the fire even if it's fully cooked, but that's a rabbinic law, mido'i if it wasn't yet, if it's not now fully cooked, any change that you'll make to the food will change the cooking process, will speed up the cooking process, you'll be violating a title law. By title law, if I put a food, if I put a pot of food on the fire before Shabbos, no matter how much of that food was cooked or not, mido'i and I don't touch it, and it's on the fire, I'm not breaking the Shabbos. Very similar to, I'll repeat that. If I open up the lights before Shabbos, I can derive benefit from the, from the light on Shabbos, as we all do. As long as the action was done before Shabbos, even if the action continues into Shabbos, I'm not breaking any title law. The same thing, Midoy Raisa is with food. As long as the food was put on the fire before Shabbos, you're good, again. If you put it on the fire and on Shabbos, you open the pot or close the pot, then you're breaking the title law because then you're, then you're doing on Shabbos an act that's speeding up the cooking. But if you don't touch it, you would be good. Came among the Chachamim and they said that if food is not fully cooked before Shabbos and you're putting it on the fire, not fully cooked, there's a problem here. There's a problem here. And that problem is called Shehiyah. Those are the words that they used. And what were they afraid? You get their fear, it's very good to know the reason behind it. It gives you a lot of clarity in in halach. They were afraid that since it's not fully cooked, you might do something on Shabbos to get it fully cooked. Which would be, in those days, to stoke the coals, to stir the pot. You might do something, which is what you would do during the week. Just from what you said before, so something is fully cooked on the fire, Right? And it has a lid. If I take the lid off, it's already fully cooked and you get all that condensation that runs down. Is that a problem? Very good, very good. So When something is on the fire and it's fully cooked, Midah you would be allowed to take off the cover. You would be allowed Midah to cover it. You would be allowed to stir it because it's fully cooked. Midrabanam, if something is directly on the fire, or even directly on the blech on the fire. I'm going to get to the blech tonight because we're going to divide the blech into three sections. But on the blech, on the fire, even if it's fully cooked, you're not allowed to uncover it or cover or stir it because you might end up doing it if it's not fully cooked. Now, as far as the issue of if there's liquid in there and the liquid might be coming from the top to the bottom, so let's speak about it. When something is fully cooked, that's when something is fully cooked, If something was fully cooked and liquid and it became cold, then there is a problem. But in the case that you gave, which is that you you had a pot and water is dripping from the cover into the pot, since that water was already cooked and it's still hot, you're not doing anything wrong. Unlike, I don't want to jump ahead, unlike if I would take the cover off and I would put the cover down, and now the liquid in the cover cooled off, here you do have a problem by a klei not by a klei And that's what we spoke about last week with the ladle, you see, with the ladle. If you take, put a ladle in the soup and you put the ladle down and you wait a minute or two, it's very possible that the moisture in the ladle is already cool, even though it was already cooked. But you're putting the ladle into a clay dish, that's your problem. If you would be putting the ladle into a klei we don't have a problem. Because a cliché, doesn't cook liquid. We're good? You hazard these views a few times, you get it. Now, so, if something, as long as I put the pot of food under the fire before Shabbos, I'm good. If it was not fully cooked, they prohibited for me to do that unless I'm going to make something that will remind me not to manipulate the fire. What do we do nowadays minimally cover the fire. We call that a blech in Yiddish or a plata. Some people <coughs> are machmer that they say, not only do you have to cover the fire, you have to cover the knobs. I'm not saying we have to do that. Many good Jews in our community don't do that. But one thing is clear, that we go by those who say that just covering the knobs is not enough because there was such a line. The whole thing is to remind you not to make the fire bigger or smaller. How do you do that today? You don't stoke the coals. With the knobs, just cover the knobs. Just covering the knobs is not good. Cover the fire. Okay, now when you cover the fire, even if something was not fully cooked, even if something was not fully cooked, there's no issue with leaving it on the fire from before Shabbos. But what do we want? We want for it to be at least a third or a half cooked. You with me? it wanted to be at least a third or a half cooked we can't put, i was told that you can put raw meat into wait 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 good if something wasn't even a third or a half cooked with the only exception of meat only exception of meat then even on a blech you may not put it on a blech before Shabbos. what again okay by trade alone you can put anything you want on the, on the fire, directly on the fire from before Shabbos. Because you're not doing anything on Shabbos. Even though if it's not fully cooked, you can't, you can't open the cover, you can't close the cover, you can't stop fine, don't do anything. Wait until it's cooked, take it off and eat it. Came along the rabbis and they said no. They says that they don't want us to put something on the, on the fire from before Shabbos if it's not fully cooked. If it's not fully cooked because they were afraid that if it won't be fully cooked, you're going to want to hasten the process. You might end up doing something to the fire. And if you manipulate fire on Shabbos, you break the Shabbos. And not only are you going to be breaking the Shabbos because you're manipulating fire, you're going to to be cooking. So they said that you have to first cover the fire to be allowed to put something on it. And even then, whatever you're putting on the fire should be at least cooked k'maychol ben which is either a third or a half cooked. With one exception, meat. Why is meat an exception? They held that meat raw can be put before, right before Shabbos, in a pot. you're not going to eat it. Because since it takes meat a very long time to cook. So when you put meat in, that's your biggest psychological reminder, you're not gonna be manipulating the fire right now. People manipulate the fire, I'll make the fire a little bit bigger, instead of waiting 10 minutes, I'll wait five minutes. If something takes many hours to cook, then you you put it in there, and you're having a mind to to deal with it tomorrow morning. So anyways, it delays your mindset of when you're gonna eat it, which is the good etza that people say that if you wanna put something on the fire right before Shabbos, if you want to put up a chalm right before Shabbos, if it's pariv it has to be at least, at least a third cooked. It's not a half cooked. If it's, you're going to put raw meat into it, you can put it up mamish before lich benshin, But it has to be with the blach. Now, if I didn't put a blach, if I put a pot on the fire, something that was fully cooked, something that was fully cooked, Without a blech, even though it's not our minic to do so, the minic is to have a blech, you're not breaking any rules. If you have something full, you have a soup, for example, you're going someplace to a hotel, you don't have a blech. Mm-hmm. You wanna just have a soup, <laughs> you don't have a blech. If the soup is fully cooked, even though if you were to have a blech, it's better to put a blech, if you didn't put a blech, you're good. You could put it directly on the right, in the fire, if it yeah, was fully cooked, yeah, fully cooked, and then you can't take it off and put it back on if there's no blech. We'll get to that soon. But as far as just you can't put something on the fire if it's not fully cooked. If it's fully cooked, minig is to have a blech. Nonetheless, if you don't have a blech, you're good. Fully cooked translation is hot and piping and ready? Fully cooked, ready to eat. Yeah, ready then to eat. And you can take off the lid? Well, wait, you can never take off the lid when yeah. it's on the fire. Not something fully cooked that's just been in the Even something that's the fully cooked, long you long can long. never take off the lid or cover the lid or stir it when it's on the fire. But you, he said you can't it. take it off the fire, right? supposed to eat same? No, 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 no. You, can t- you can't put it back on. If there's no blech, you won't be be allowed to put it so back on. So when you're ready to eat it, you take it off? So let's go nachamo. Very important. If something is fully cooked, mm-hmm. even though the minig, it's a minig, it's a still use a blech. If you don't have a blech, you're good to put it on the fire before Shabbos. As long as you remember, even though it's fully cooked, not to uncover it while it's on the fire not to cover it while it's on the fire, not to stir it when it's on the fire. And if you don't have a blech, once you remove it, you will not be allowed to put it back under any circumstance, but you're good. If, if, one second, if the food is not fully cooked, then it depends. If it was at least a third or a half cooked, that's the machoikas. Even though you should have put a blech and you didn't, bid the evid, you can eat it. You can eat it. You didn't break the Shabbos, you didn't cook on Shabbos, it was already cooked from before Shabbos, at least half. But if the food wasn't even a third, let's go to the most leaning tepeen. And there was no meat, take out the only meat exception. If I put something, I put a soup that was bakhlal, not cooked, and I didn't have a blech, and I I always heard that if, if you don't have a blech, a blech is only to be allowed to put it back on, which is a big mistake. No! You wanna cook something on the fire, even though you're only putting it before Shabbos, but it's not even a third, if there's no meat in there, you're not allowed to eat that on Shabbos. And not only that, after Shabbos, you have to wait for the amount of time that it would take you to make it. So if it takes 45 minutes to make soup, I have to wait 45 minutes after Shabbos to be allowed to eat it. First, let's get these two rules go. So no, there's a difference between something fully cooked, you should always have a blech, but if you didn't, you're good. Something that was... Already which is either a third or a half, you should have a blech. If you didn't put in a blech, you violated the rabbinic law, but you're allowed to eat it on Shabbos. And then if something wasn't even a third cooked, you may not eat it on Shabbos with the only exception of raw meat. And, and people should know that because most of us have seen people putting in a crockpot out of Shabbos right before Lech Benchen, or no one was concerned about the third or half that's because most of us make a fleshi gachalant and that has meat. But that's an exception. That doesn't apply to anything that has no meat. What about raw egg? Anything. If something, if something was fully cooked, again, everything should have a blach. If something was fully cooked and it didn't have a blach, you're good. You broke a minig, but you didn't, you, you, didn't buy, you didn't violate any rules. If you have an egg, the egg was not a third cooked, was not... It's you put it up before Shabbos, not on a blech, not on a blech, on the fire, then you may not eat that egg, not on Shabbos, and you have to wait after Shabbos. If the egg was already a third, then even though you should not have put it on the fire before Shabbos, but if you did so, you may eat it. I want to clarify a blech. So you have a stove, (laughs) a stovetop, a blech is a plata. What happens if you have a crock pot? A crockpot needs a blech. A crockpot needs to have something that's a reminder. All of this is a reminder for you not to manipulate the fire. Not even though you don't see the fire in the crockpot, but it has knobs. So you have to put tin foil in inside the outer holder or around the bowl. So there's going to be a. Layer of tin foil that's not going to protrude a little bit, so even when the pot is in it, you see a little bit of tin foil. If you did not do that, if you had a flesh, so you're good. You didn't follow minig yisro. If it was fully cooked, if it was fully cooked, if it was not fully cooked, that's not so good. It's not good. Again, if it was raw meat, you can eat it, but it's not good. You have to have a blech on a crockpot. When it comes to a hot plate, many hot plates don't have knobs. There's only one setting. That is where, as far as the law of shihia is concerned, you have no problem. As far as returning it, that's a whole different conversation. We'll get to that in a moment. But first I want to speak about, there's two things about a blech. One is for you to be allowed to put something on it before Shabbos, by rabbinic law, you now want to put something that's not fully cooked on the fire even before Shabbos, only if it's covered. Clear. That's the Din of a Blech. So if, let's say I have uh, chicken and you want to keep it crispy, you don't want to cover it because then, you know, it'll okay, soggy, whatever. Okay. So you have to have silver foil, you're saying to put the chicken on the blech? You can't just have no, the no, blech you can, can put it on the blech. But it's not covered, I'm sorry. No no, 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 you can't put it directly on the fire. fire. But if you have, a blech, you have a blech, then your food tray does not have to if be If you have plate. a blech, then you can put something on it, no problem. No. Whether it, you can put something on the, yeah. Because it's fully cooked. It's fully cooked, Because yes. it's, 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 it's. if you, you put understand? something on, if you put something on a blech, Take that back. If you put something on a blech, then it doesn't have to be fully cooked. Then it doesn't have to be cooked. It's on a blech. But then, what, are, what do you mean, don't have to be fully cooked? doesn't have to be cooked at all. You're saying if it's like a... If you're putting something on a blech... Well, yeah. Want to keep what what I a blech so one second, one second, one second. I want to make this clear. Yeah, fine. When I spoke about the three levels, I'm speaking mm-hmm. about when there is no blech. When there is no blech, if something was fully cooked before Shabbos you're breaking a minig and that's that. If something was a third cooked or more and there's no blech, then b'deeved, you can eat it even though you broke a rabbinic law. And if something was raw without a blech and you put it on there, then you may not eat it. But if there's a blech, there's not a problem. When you put a blech, then you can put things up there before Shabbos. Okay, good. Now, a blech has three parts to it. It's very important to know this. We're going to call that part A, part B, part C. Part C might not be relevant in most cases, but to be aware of it. There is the part on the blech that is directly over the fire, one status. There is the part of the blech that is not directly on the fire, but if something will be left there, it will on Shabbos reach 110 Fahrenheit. It will reach Yat Tzileadus. And then you might have a large stovetop and a large blech. You only left one fire on. It could be that there is a part of the blech that is warm, but you can put your hand on it. It's right now 90 degrees or 100 degrees Fahrenheit, which means nothing that will be put on there will ever hit 110 on that chalice. You got that? These are three different categories. Just have that in mind. When I have a blech, Something is on the blech from before Shabbos. And it's directly over the fire. Whether it's fully cooked or not fully cooked, I may not open up or cut or cover or stir. Either if it's not cooked, opening it is going to be a biblical violation. And even if it's fully cooked, there's a rabbinic violation of opening or closing or stirring a pot when it's directly on the fire, even on a blech. If something before Shabbos was not directly on the fire, it's on area B. It's on the area of the blech that it's Yatzi lettuce, but it's not directly on the fire. And the food is not fully cooked, you are not allowed to move it from place B to place A. Got that? It's the food. Because you're hastening the food. You got to get the rules. If something is fully cooked and it's on B, I am allowed to move it because it's fully cooked. I, it's going to go from, let's say, from 180 to 212, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. It's already cooked. Aim Vishal Achar I, it's moist, it's still warm. It's warm, it's hot, no problem. But if, you have to be cognitive of that because there are many things that are on, you put on the blech before Shabbos that are not fully cooked. And then right after Lich Benjamin, you start cheshmining out the guys are coming home in a half an hour. So you want to manipulate it. If, It's fully cooked. You can move it from A to B, from B to A. If it's not fully cooked, you can move it from A to B. If it's not fully cooked, you can slow it down. But you can't speed it up. You can't move it from B to A. We're good? Mm -hmm. Now, if you want to take something off the blech, and you want to later be allowed to put it back on the blech, here are the five rules that you have to remember. Five rules. Rule number one is, is that the food needed to be completely cooked before you took it off. Meaning, if I have food that's not completely cooked, nothing wrong with it because I have a blech, and I take it off, no matter how you take it off, you're still holding it with 18 hands, I don't care. You took it off the blech, it's not fully cooked, putting it back is prohibited. Number two, even if the food is fully cooked, you can only put back something if there is a blech. <laughs> the mistake that most people make with number two, I know this by crockpots and other things, is that people think that if I had never planned to put it back on Shabbos, I don't need a blech. People remember rule number two, you can only put something back on the fire on Shabbos if there is a blech. So many people say, I'm going to make a chalant in a crockpot, I'm going to have soup on the fire, I don't plan to put it back. So who needs a blech? That's a big mistake. Because like we mentioned before, a blech is here for two reasons. For Shehiyah and for Chazorah. Shehiyah means for you to simply be allowed to put the soup on the fire before Shabbos, if it's not fully cooked, you have to have a blech. Even if it is fully cooked, the minig is to have a blech. But there are many people travel, Satan. That's very important. So, Having a blech is needed, number one, for you to be allowed to put stuff on Shabbos that's not fully cooked. And number two, coming back over here, food has to be fully cooked. Rule number two is, is, that, is that you have to have the fire covered. Rule number three is that when, whatever it is that you're putting back has to be warm. Has to be warm. If I took something off the fire, I'm going to get to four and five. And I held it, the handle in my hand, for a half an hour. If whatever was in there is no longer warm, then I'm not allowed to put it back because we explained that yesh, bishol, achabishol, lach when it's not warm. But piping hot, it doesn't have to be Not piping hot. It has to be hot. Mm-hmm. It has to be warm. <clears throat> not a, it has to be warm. So if it went down temperature, it's okay as long as it's warm. As long as it's warm. warm. It has to be warm. Number four, when you took it off the blech, you had in mind to put it back. Mm -hmm. And number five, when you took it off the blech, you always held it in your hand. At least one hand. And we say you don't have to hold it up. You can put it down and you can just be holding it. Some of the handle, some of the pan has to be in your hand. So the food has to be fully cooked. To put it back you have to have a blech, whatever it is you're pulling back, has to be at least warm. Sfar them are very lenient. Sfar them hold. They put stuff from the fridge onto the blech on Shabbos. By us, it's us to do so. It's called nira kim Liquids, for sure, you're not wanna put by us because we hold that yesh bishel, achar by baylach by putting it back onto fire because it's cold. Even something that's yave, something that's solid, we never allow for you to put it on the blech because it looks like you're cooking. Now, if you're putting it on c, that's okay. That's why I mentioned it. Okay. If you have a blech and you have an area that's mamish, it's under 110. The place of the blech, it's so far away from the fire that it will never come to Yatzi lettuce. That is okay. Or, by us, if you have something that is not moist, and you're not putting it on the blech. You're putting it. You're putting it on a pot that's on the blech. It's not and mavashel because you never cook by putting something on top of the pot that's on the blech. So that's oh, I forgot about that. We're good. I think we'll stop here. That's a lot of rules. Okay, I'm gonna just pause this. Big questions. All right, just to, to add something regarding the crockpot, to make it clear that even though there is no visible fire, not by a crockpot, nor by a plata, nor by a hot plate, being that this is the way people normally make food in such a utensil, the concept of a blech is to do something unusual. So you have to have a piece of tinfoil for you to be allowed to put it back and for you not to be violating the rabbinic law of leaving, putting something on the fire that's not fully cooked even before Shabbos, because you can't do that midravon. So that's 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 one very important point. Now, someone asked a question: What happens if you wake up and you smell that the Chalant is very dry or beginning to burn, kid? Are you allowed to add water to the Chalant? And the answer is: When the crock pot is in the source. Or your chalon pot is on the fire. Number one, you can't uncover it, like we mentioned. And even if it is already uncovered, while it is on the fire, you may not add water. However, when you take it off, and again, you're taking it off, it has to meet all of the five rules for you, the Bakal to be allowed to put it back on. It has to be fully cooked. You have to have a blech or the tin foil. The food has to be warm when you put it back. When you take it off you have to have in mind to return it and number five you have to hold on to it then you are allowed to take water directly from a clay dish not a clay either a kettle or someone is going to open up the spigot from your urn so it's going directly from the clay dish into the t'shalon pot. That's okay. However, I want to add another halacha. Which is not connected to Hilches Shabbos. But connected to Hilchis Kashros. And remember like this. When I pour steaming hot water. From one utensil. To another utensil. That's directly under it. And steam is coming up. And many times. If the keli in the bottom is fleshix. Which will be the case of chaland, And steam is going to come up to the spigot. Or to the to the kettle, you could be, you're making that fleshyx. So the, the way to do it is to pour water from an angle. And we'll stop here.